Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boiler Express podcast. I am your host tonight, which means only bad things can happen. Uh, the usual gang, really not much here. We got Frank here, big brain Frank in the building. And we're, uh, we got a great guest tonight, Turtlehead Trick from the Turtlehead podcast covering Maryland sports. You guys cover the Ravens. You guys cover the Orioles. You guys do it all over there. And uh, we're here to talk some, uh, some basketball. Maryland and Purdue take on tomorrow. Um, that game is at Mackey, I believe, or is that? No, it's um, in College Park. Oh, you're going to College Park. We have oh. the longest home winning streak in uh, of all Power Five schools, 19 straight. And uh, if I'm not correct, uh, we did not lose a Big Ten game in our arena last season. We can talk about what happened uh, when you guys uh, tried playing in front of our rabid fans, if you like. Or rabid we can just kind of put it. this year's matchup. It's up to you. I mean, we can, we can talk this year. We can talk current. Uh, big game. You know, is that you guys got to go against Zach Eady. How do you feel about Eady? Well, Uh, personally, no, uh, as a basketball player, Zach Eady, uh, I'll try to leave any, uh, appearance jokes out. Um, but, uh, it seems like your team is set up to just feed him. And, uh, when the other guys don't get involved, that's when your offense stagnates. So that's, that would be my plan is to let the big dog eat and don't let anybody else make a bucket uh it seemed to work last year against you uh because you know at the turtle heads podcast we don't ever bring up the past but um it seemed like you know last year you had what like four guys that played at least 17 18 minutes and i think three of them didn't record a single point um so and, and I, i've seen that um mainly last year because I've just been so angry with you guys this year. I've refused to watch your uh, sports at all. Um, but So I haven't actually watched any of your, your games this year. Um, but um, I just think that if Edie goes off, that's fine. Just don't let the other guys score. I know you're going to try to throw a bunch of guards at us. and uh, But – we shut you guys down in the second half last year, and I would hope we'd be able to do the same this year. Not the same lineups, obviously. Um, you know, the losses we've had this season haven't been against bums, but our signature win was against the six, now six and seven UCLA. And in my opinion, our best player, uh, Juju Reese. He's had the worst three games of his uh, young playing career uh, here of late. Um, the big win uh, the other night when um, Jameer had 37 points, I think Juju had one. Ooh. So, and he's the guy that's going to be going up against ZD. I mean, against Zach Eady. But my like favorite ZD. player. Yeah, ZD. That's right. Well, ZD's kind of catchy. What you do. Uh, but, uh, now, uh, my favorite player on the team, my personal project, our fellow big Canadian, Ooh. uh, Swanton Rogers, 6'11", 220, averages about seven minutes a game, but he loves to foul. He does not mind mixing it up. Uh, he's good for, uh, a few points in, in the few minutes that he gets, but he's a minutes eater and a space eater. And I'm hoping they use him more to keep Juju from getting in foul trouble. But, I mean, say something happens to Zach Eady and he trips on the way out to the handshake line before the game, how would your team win without Zach Eady? What if we somehow neutralize him? Could you win a ball game without Zach Eady or are you that dependent on him? 
Yeah, I think Purdue is less dependent on Zach Eady than they were last season. Um, you know, there's been this narrative that Purdue is kind of a one-trick pony and that we're just going to ride Zach Eady uh, to to success. And I think there was – I don't think that was true last year, but I think it was more true last year than it, than it is this year. I mean, we've seen – We've seen Braden Smith go off for uh, you know for over twenty five multiple times. We've seen Fletcher Lawyer go off for twenty seven multiple times this season. Um, I think Trey Kaufman Wren, you know, he's a really good player. You know, he's a tor- former top fifty uh, recruit, and he uh, he's played behind Zach his entire career. So we just haven't seen a ton from him. But in the minutes where Zach's on the bench and he's kind of the primary scorer at the five, he plays really well. Um, but I, I think I think it'd be a totally different look, and and I think that the offense that you would see without Zach. Uh, Cause right now we're running a lot of just, just spread pick and roll with Braden Smith and Zach Eady and guys doing some weak side rotation and, you know, just making plays out of it. I think you would see a lot more scripted sets uh, without Zach, but uh, I, uh, I think that, you know, offensively Purdue would be okay. It would just be on, on the defensive end. I'd be a little bit scared. I don't know how they could, how they could contain young or Reese necessarily, I know you said he's been struggling a little bit, but I think it would be more more defensive, uh, more defensive struggles than offensive. But I do I, I want to go back to your your strategy for a second. That's you know you basically lock down the other guys and basically just let Zach get his, and that's kind of the opposite of how you know Maryland shut him down. I you know I'm looking at the stats from last game. Edie was eight for sixteen. He was played pretty physically. Um, that, that was a really physical game. I think it was the game where Painter kind of came on the court and was like, you can't let the guy or you can't let him play this physical. You know, Purdue was two for 13 from three, and that's kind of the opposite um, approach we saw last season. So, so you're saying if you were if you were coaching the game, if you were Kevin Willard, you just say, hey, we're going to play ED one-on-one, but we're going to lock down the other guys? Is that – I just want to make sure that that's – and not there's a wrong answer. And I'm just going to let him have his way at it, but uh, I would not put so much attention on him to where we get uh, either of our big men in foul trouble and then we're at a disadvantage. I would just make sure that when the other guys have the ball, they don't get the best look at it because they're not used to shooting as well. Again, last year, they, it seemed like they didn't even want to shoot because their job was to give it to uh, the big fellow. But um, um, really, he has to have not his best game, I would think. Um, because we haven't had a, a cohesive one game where every guy played their role. You have one guy that's hot, one guy that's not. Like I said, Jameer had 37. That was great. But then Juju had one. It's never when they each have 20 and eight. Um, and we've got a couple of freshmen that we're playing now. Um, actually, three freshmen that are getting quality minutes but aren't giving us real uh, quality production um we can't the broad side of a barn with a basketball from behind the uh, three-point line and that's fine but don't keep shooting it if you can't hit it you know i mean i i've, I've been implored uh from the studio to the coaches that they just take the ball inside get the other team into foul trouble you know create contact if you're not hitting the uh, three-pointer, don't just keep jacking it up because that's the analytical thing to do. And obviously, against a team like yours, if we were to take it inside like that and possibly get Edie in foul trouble early, well, that could certainly change the dynamic of the game. So, uh, unfortunately, coaches don't listen to me. But I know that you listen to the Turtleheads, and you know that we are the number one podcast for wanting coaches fired. Uh, I I'll, fire, I'll give you that. I fire at least one or two each podcast. Um, <laughs> for our Christmas episode, I went back and listened to it, and then it, it, it just dawned on me, oh, my goodness, I didn't fire anybody. It was a Christmas <laughs> miracle. It is a Christmas miracle. It's it, um, you, I, you are one who does enjoy firing coaches, and really anybody. I mean, you'll, you don't take any – any t- any slack from anybody um but yeah i think uh for sure what's that i said certainly not on slack that's for sure i don't you, take any slack on slack uh those the, guys coming after me today it was uh connor from iowa oh Got, uh, day. Uh, look they, they lost 35 to nothing 
And I mentioned, what does Ferentz have to do to get fired? And he's saying something about, duh, you didn't know they fired uh, him earlier in the season. I'm like, not the kid. I'm talking about the dad, the head coach. <laughs> talking about the old man. Right. I, I, if we got rid of the problem, why can they still not score? And why they give up 35 points and look just god-awful? But uh, no, if, if we could take a break for a question about why, why is it that everyone has such disdain for my brethren and myself on the Turtle Heads podcast. We're just some quiet, unassuming country boys from the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Just very proud of our team. You are but very proud. Like it's absolutely, but it seems like we draw the ire of people across this entire uh, conference. And, and and we just don't get it. So I will here's... say at first I at first I wasn't a fan, but I've come to respect the the shtick or the corner that you guys are in of like F everybody, you know. I think you guys kind of have that mentality, it feels like at least from my side. So I've come to like you guys. I've come, I've really turned to Ben the last few weeks to um understand where you guys are coming from and what you guys like to do um it's become entertaining i'm not gonna lie like i've really the turtle heads you know i'm not gonna say i I, i'm a huge fan you know because i don't know much about maryland i have i will say and i was talking to uh, i think it was jordan about this the maryland accent has quickly became one of my favorite accents and i hear it a little bit in yours and uh stav stavi uh i can't remember his last name the comedian oh sure yeah, his the way he does. Is, is he the one who did the Ravens thing after yeah. the Ravens game yeah. yesterday? Yeah, Baltimore though. See, yeah. he he yeah he's doing the Baltimore accent, which is completely different from us. We're on the opposite side of the state, across uh -huh. the. There's the Eastern Shore and the Western Shore, very different dialects, and Jordan grew up in the same town as me, but his parents are from a town 15 or 20 minutes away. And so his family talks different than mine. Really? It's very strange on the Eastern shore. You can tell what town someone's from by the accent, not just the state. See, now, all that. Go down, ahead. down yonder here. And I'm in Ohio. He's in Kentucky, but you know, based out of Indiana, uh, we all just kind of have the same accent. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, I, notice any accent with you guys that's funny but uh no we're, we're it honestly pretty... reminds me a bit of the the pittsburgh accent it's a city i've been to quite a bit um a diehard steelers fan the so that's Yenzers. another thing you and i don't have in common i know you love the ravens and i despise the ravens so. and i'm a bengals well, fan so we all hate each other afc north no, all around yeah i do hate the steelers but uh i'm, I'm actually a las vegas raider fan Ooh, and Yankee fan. The only thing I have in common with those other three shellbacks is our love of the University of Maryland. They are Raven and Redskin fans and Oriole fans. Yeah, so Aiden, you have you Aiden have our guy right Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell. It's like the oh, only like, autograph picture that I have, uh, and the player didn't transfer. The only one who didn't transfer. I have like a stack of autographs of former <laughs> Purdue players, and they all they all transferred out. So Your thoughts on AOC? Are you an AOC fan? Uh, not no, not particularly. Uh, I had hope for him, and then I met you guys, and then I hated everything <laughs> about West Lafayette, Indiana, and then I, I was gonna. Uh, but no, it. I haven't seen enough right now, but what I've seen so far doesn't look like he's NFL ready. But I don't think he was brought in to be thrown into this fire. They foolishly thought Jimmy G would go a season without getting hurt. Um, but, um, there's too many questions to be answered with the Raiders between head coaching and, uh, quarterback, whether, um, whether Devonte even sticks around, but, um, no back to, uh, the turtle heads. Cause that's all I care about right now. Cause you? certainly not my Raiders. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, no, it just seemed like, uh, you know, anytime we speak up, especially on the Slack and sometimes on the Twitter, it always seems to rile folks up. And, uh, yeah, we do like, uh, 
turning people's knobs or or whatever you know grinding people's gears but we try to keep it fun uh you know we've had some people get a little too fired up about it but uh we do it all in jest we we all have busy lives so we, we don't we don't let it consume us or, or get us crazy or so it, it's been fun i kind of wish we hadn't done this right now because now i might be nice to you guys or something but uh i don't know what's wrong you know we're, we're turning a leaf here trick you know we're, we're we're turning a big leaf here this is what i feel like we're doing. the whole time you guys are talking i'm just mentally writing things down to bust your chops about like the fact that neither one of you live in the state of indiana and well, so I, 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 I went to purdue though i mean I, I lived in indiana the majority of my life too i just live in i mean i i, I can i, I can like, throw a rock to hit indiana from my house the heck out of there. you got smart enough to leave no because the, the hoosier fans get on me too so i've just decided that i'm just gonna dish your entire state and and if counter keeps it up then i'm putting iowa on the list too <laughs> well and, and trick i think one thing is is you all and this isn't fair but i i this is just my opinion i think you all were maybe the first to kind of start uh you know doing things in jest and make cracking jokes on people um because you know before like it started off as like my team's better than your team haha and then and then it was like you suck you know so it was like you all you all brought it to a personal level but like not not an extreme and but i think you were the first people to start doing that and so that just kind of put the you know, kind of put the target on on your backs and and maybe not fairly because it's just kind of continued to stay there um, oh well no it's fine because uh and and i know why dylan came around because i made him everybody knows who dylan coon is now because i bring him up all the time whether I will it's give you that yeah we'll give you that you did you do say my name a lot exactly see and and uh if you didn't I think I sent the meme one time over the general thread, but it's the scene from Scarface when he's in the restaurant and he says, you know, I'm the bad guy. He's like, but you need me so you can point your finger and say, that's the bad guy. So that, that's kind of how we, we look at it. It's fun. Uh, we don't get too upset about it, except for when, uh, you know, people get too excited and, uh, I have one more question and we can get back to to the banter as it were um is it miguel esparza there was a guy that commented on when i said something about the turtle hate bowl and this random person last name esparza came up and in my paranoid mind i think that it's chris jewel on a burner account that's what i think it is i've never heard that name a day in my life yeah that's not uh that's not anything I, I know about. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was on. Uh, it was, I think it was Miguel Esparza, and no Gabriel. Gabriel Esparza. That's a hell yes. of a name. That's a hell of a name uh, to make up if you do. You know what I mean? Well, it's actually. I looked him up, and that is the name of some twenty-year-old kid in California that killed a fireman or something and oh, went to yeah. life. But yeah, I just. I'm like, who is this random person out of nowhere saying that the Turtle Hate Bowl is their favorite bowl every year or of the year? And I'm like, I bet you that's Jewel with a burner account. <laughs> we can. I, I've never heard that name. You have to te text it uh, the uh, the name in Slack. Yeah, yeah. We'll have research. to we'll have to investigate that one. But as yeah, I've never heard of that. And uh, Dylan, it sounds like you haven't haven't either. Got it. All right. No, it's you're a protected. hell of a name to make up if you do. I mean, or to to choose. Okay, picture and everything. He, he looked just like you would expect Miguel Esparza to look. I'm picturing it. I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> along later. So, uh, trick question about uh, tomorrow's game. I assume the students are gone. Is that the case? Given the time of year. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and because you know, it's going to be big time. Uh, you know, TV coverage and the place will be sold out and uh, it gets pretty raucous there uh i'm old enough to remember uh cole field house where we won do you guys know we won a national championship uh, uh, I, I am aware of that yes yeah i remember this, that one this millennium i don't know if you guys yeah. keep up our, our team but uh yeah but that was in our old arena and it was more band boxy kind of like uh you know going down to durham and playing that bunch of jerks we used to play in the acc but um 
but we have a, a more modern arena now, but it gets really loud and the student section is really raucous and I would expect them to be uh, in force and uh, especially trying to protect our 19 game home winning streak. Well, and that's, uh, you know, these are the games this time of year that always tend to worry me uh, from from Purdue playing at home, because um, I don't know how the University of Maryland is, comparatively speaking, but, you know, at Purdue, uh, the majority of the students don't live uh, in or near West Lafayette. So they all go home for Christmas. And, you know, the the makeup of the crowd is much different. So a lot of people who come in from out of town, uh, a lot of farmers uh, from around the community coming coming in. So, you, you know, you don't get the the younger energetic crowd that you get during typical big 10 play. But you're so you're saying that even though, you know, it's Christmas break, the, the, the place, the, the atmosphere is not going to wane at all. Is that. Oh, I, I would not, I would not think so at all. Um, just given the fact we're playing uh, the number one team in the nation and um, our fans travel well. And like I said, we live on the Eastern shore of Maryland. So it's a three hour drive to college park. And I know dozens of people just from our small town that are making the trip. And so if it's less students, it won't be less noise and there won't be empty seats by any means. Are any Uh, of the turtle heads making the trip? I personally will not be going, uh, but I believe uh, Jordan and Lee and or Dave may be going. I know they have tickets. Uh, I think they offered... uh, to uh have you guys in for the game uh at one point but um but no i won't be going but i think at least two of those three uh should be going and we hope to have a full report on it but um yeah i haven't made it to a game yet but again uh like i said it's about a three-hour drive and uh it's been really busy here lately so but I, i'll be i'll be getting up to a game soon uh hopefully yeah, so that's uh, uh, that excites me uh, because Purdue, you know, they have yet to play in a true road game. I mean, I, and Painter said that. I mean, the true road game, like Northwestern, is like fifty-fifty in terms of the fan mix. Um, I don't expect tomorrow is going to be anything close to that. But uh, you know, given that you know we're halfway through Willard's uh, second season, right? What what what's your what's your take? Do you like him? Do you dislike him? Do you, what do you think you can improve on? I mean, what, what, what's your overall feel for how he is as a coach and how he's done so far? Frank, you know who you're talking to, don't you? Fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know you're going to say that, but is that, is that how you actually feel? Do you really want, do you really think he's, he, he shouldn't have the job or you want to see someone else in that job? Um, it's halfway through his second season. Uh, my opinion changes every two or three games because I'll see improvement and then I'll watch a game where it looks like there's no coaching at all. And the guys are just running around doing whatever they want uh, or letting a team go on a 12 or 13 point run before he decides to call a timeout uh, little things um, because recruiting is what every coach is hired for. Uh, it, it's not really the X's and O's. And um, so right now, everybody knows we've been begging this Derek Queen to come in. And at this point, I don't care anymore. Uh, you know, either you want to dance or you don't. I'm not going to keep asking the same girl. I'm going to go find another girl and get out there on the dance floor. So, you know, um, but as uh, Connor pointed out, we did just get a 2024 commit. Uh, that's what, I don't know, somehow he tried to bust my chops about it, but uh, a guy named Malachi Parker, decent guard. I've seen him rank as a four-star. Other places have ranked him a three-star, uh, but he's young. You know, we'll see. Uh, but we grew up on Gary Williams, who never needed a McDonald's All-American, a five-star. He'd take whatever he could get as long as that person would listen and play in his system. Well, does Kevin Willard have a system or is he just a recruiter? Uh, So yeah, the jury's out. If I'm on the jury, yeah, the jury's out. And, um, but right now, I mean, what we went to the sweet 16 last year, 
we would think we would be in the tournament this year if uh, if everything goes as we expect. Uh, I pre- I predicted a Final Four run. Um, several other actual reputable sports broadcast people uh, actually said they were a dark horse for the Final Four, but um, we all know how hard it is to even get in the tournament and heck, get out of that first round. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, Purdue fans certainly know how hard it is to to get out of the first round of the tournament. Uh, it's something, unfortunately. Uh, you probably know we struggle with that uh, a little bit in recent years. So uh, I'm with you there. But the uh, I would never, would never bring that up nor name that uh, <laughs> fine uh, university from the state of New Jersey. That, uh, <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> Well, in, you know, in, in terms of in terms of X's and O's, I mean, in uh, you guys had the the back to back losses to what Davidson uh, and UAB. I did watch those games. I mean, and it seemed, in my opinion, that defense was more of the issue. And, and but it's hard to look at that. You know, Davidson scored sixty one points, UAB scored sixty three points. It's hard to look at those and say like, okay, defense was the problem. But I just saw a lot of a lot of miscommunication on switches, but Maryland is a top 25 defensive team in Ken Palm. Now I did watch the UCLA game and to me, it looked like, and I mean, no disrespect to Maryland. I mean, no disrespect to Willard. It looked like UCLA missed a lot of wide open shots in that game. And that the, the defensive effort of, you know, holding UCLA to only 60 points was more about more in UCLA and, and less, you know, Maryland actually forcing bad shots or, contesting shots what i would call properly um am i am i way off base here or are you are you happy with the the defensive scheme right now well again we're a year and a half in but you mentioned holding teams under 60 points we played uh one team last year twice and in neither game did that team uh break the 60 point uh barrier um one in a loss and one in a rather memorable win. Um, but, you know, you shoot better in an empty gym. So if you're missing shots, maybe it is because of the guy across from you. I mean, but that, that's that been Maryland's problem all season. You mentioned the Davidson and the UAB. I mean, all four of our losses were not to chumps. Uh, they all have much better than 500 records. Uh, Davidson's 10 and 3. UAB's 8 and 5. Villanova nine and four, Indiana ten and three, but in all those games, we shot just terribly from the three point line. I know that's what everybody wants to do is jack up the threes, but if you're not making it, take a couple steps closer to the hoop, shoot it there. If you don't make it, a couple steps closer. Before you know it, you're either like I said, you're drawing contact underneath, you're getting to the foul line good things happen. But uh, if we just insist on trying to outrun people on offense and defense, you know, we, we do play aggressively and I like that, but there has to be a rhyme and a reason and not just a bunch of organized chaos. Um, So I think that we can't keep shooting from outside like we have been either by not making them or just continuing to shoot them after we know we're not hot. So, um, but no, I mean, keep you under 60. I think we win the ball game, honestly, because uh, we'll get our buckets because I, I, I don't think that you guys have that great a team defense you have. I'm just going to echo what everybody else in the nation's saying, you know, you got one guy and you cut the head off the snake and uh, the snake dies. So, uh, if we can neutralize Edie, I, I think we're fine. It's just getting anybody to get within ten feet of them. Yeah, and, and uh, I I respectfully disagree, especially on the on the defensive side. I, I think that you know that's one of the biggest criticisms of Edie is is his defense. Um, I think that he kind of just goes straight up. He doesn't really look to contest shots. He just tries to get his hands as high as possible and create a create a barrier to shoot over. Uh, but I think that you know some of our defenders, Ethan Morton, Cam Heidi has been really good this season. Um, Braden Smith has been really good. Lance Jones has been a huge addition defensively. Um, I think that you know de- defensively we're we're uh, we're probably a little underrated, even though we're a top ten or top nine defensive team right now in Ken Palm. 
Um, but I, I, I think that, um, you know, even that, I think our defense gets better, honestly, with Edie on the bench. Um, but that's, uh, that's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how we would handle Maryland in particular, how we could contain Jameer Young without some, some help in the drop coverage. Um, so I know you, you said, you know, you'd like to see them step a little bit closer and shoot some mid ranges. And I mean, just looking at the three point percentage, then the seventh percentile, 27% on the season. And it's interesting that you said Maryland's in the third percentile this season in terms of points in the paint. Um, I mean, and that's something that do you do you honestly think that we'll see guys go right at Edie with the intent to get him in foul trouble and looking to score inside, or do you think it's going to be a, a steady dose of outside shooting and live and die by the three? Do you, do you expect to see something different? I guess in this game. Well, the optimist, because I am that that is me. I am Mister uh, Silver Lining. Uh, the optimist in me would hope that they would do all the things that I, I've mentioned so far this evening as far as uh, limiting the amount of three-point shots they take, whether they're making them or not. Um, it's the same with the football team. I, I felt like we passed too much. We should have run the ball more. You control the clock. Uh, you keep the other team's defense on the field longer. And, and it's kind of a similar uh, relation to basketball. Um, you know, if, if you're taking it to the rack every time, then you got the defense on their heels. If you're just throwing up bad three-point shots, then they've got two or three guys to rebound and move the ball back up the court and score easy buckets because you're out of position because everybody's just standing around the arc. So, um, and, and that's my whole thing with Willard. Can he make the proper adjustments when necessary or does he fall asleep figuratively on the on the bench and then wake up 13 points on a run later and then call the timeout and regroup um so again i'm not a coach i, I would hope that uh our head coach listens to the turtleheads um but uh i've been saying it all season and i said it last year uh too reliant on just the two guys in uh smith and reese um the positive thing, if he wants to keep his job, the one thing Willard can keep uh, improving upon, which he has of late, and that's getting other players onto the court. Last year, he had a six or seven man rotation and four or five guys that just clapped the whole time and stood around whenever there was a timeout and, and created a huddle, but they never made it into the ball game. And so now we got some freshmen that are getting minutes. My guy Swanton Roger uh, is getting a little more time, and they're not as reliant on uh, just Juju and Jameer. So uh, in order to win against you or anybody else, all the points that I've already made need to be addressed, you know, as far as uh, trying to get the ball inside and getting the other team in foul trouble. That, that's how I would approach it. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm really excited for uh, for tomorrow's game. I I, uh, I get excited for every every Big Ten game, but this one in particular because there's there's that that history of uh, you know last season and what happened, and that being our second second loss in a row, and things getting pretty ugly. And um, so I'm I'm just curious to see how how this team responds. Um, Dylan, I think it's time for uh, for official score predictions. Well, Trick, I don't know if you've listened to our show particularly, but I bring I this episode. Okay, thank you. Uh, I don't. I've never listened to it. Oh, okay. Uh, my my prediction for both football, basketball, really anything is always the same, and it's boilers by a billion because that's where uh, that's where I like to sit. Now, some people we've been on other podcasts. Uh, we went on a Virginia Tech podcast where they take that literally, where I think. They think I think Purdue's literally going to win by a billion points. That's not it. It's just I like to say boilers by a billion. It's kind of a tagline. So that's kind of where I sit. That's very objective of you. I mean, that's like having a 5-0 and football team that beat five nobodies and then putting their team at number one in the power rankings. I mean, you can't just be a total homer. I mean, a billion – um what what's what say you frank do you do you have a prediction that's maybe uh a, a little closer to the truth than an entire billion 
<laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 74-69. I'm gonna say a five point Purdue nice. win. Um, I think I think Purdue gets out to an early lead. Uh, we see some of that Maryland defense that that's been pretty good this season uh, kind of kick in, kind of stifles Purdue a little bit, and then Purdue pulls away late. Um, very similar to what we saw against Arizona. Um, I think that uh, that Edie goes off. I, I, I think this is a thirty point game for him because I think he's going to be uh, be looking to get some revenge because he he struggled against Maryland last season. Just to to, to be candid about it, so I think that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to predict a, a five point Purdue win. And what what about you, Trick? Well, I'll give you a little inside information. Ooh. Uh, Jameer Young may not be one hundred percent. Oh, fascinating. Uh, okay. Had a uh, a buffer game in between you guys and UCLA. We uh, we waxed Coppin State the other night, but uh, Jameer did not play with an undisclosed illness. So I don't want to speculate as to what that illness is. I mean, if we're talking something that would require a several day quarantine, perhaps would he even be available? Or could it just be they wanted to rest him, knew it'd be fine to give him a little, as the pros would say, load management by skipping the copping game? Or maybe it was something in between. He truly did have a normal illness, and now he'll come out and play crazy, and they'll refer to it as the flu game. <laughs> so I'm going with, with number three, and I'm going to say that uh, – Jameer is going to go completely off with the help of Juju, and it'll be the infamous flu game. I'm already getting responses from my fellow heads who are approving of that term, uh, Jameer flu game. Uh, <laughs> I've never done this uh, format before, but the uh, the little captions, I haven't been able to read them each time, the little comments. I saw someone that wanted me to shout out their friend Ice, but. Uh, I, I didn't catch the last name. It was too yeah, long. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Didn't read that one fully did, before did, I put it. Didn't on get the to that point yet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, shout whoever they are. Yeah, you're the you're, you're yeah. the real hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is that one of your people, Dylan? Who I? Not. I, I thought. I thought it was Jewel again. I thought it was a Sparsa. Gabriel and Sparsa. Now oh, he's. I have ice. no idea who that is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I if only if, if only I could wear uh, my sunglasses. I can't see my computer screen when I do, so I'm the only one. Neither can I, but who needs to? No, comment here, here saying that uh, your your uh, Turtlehead crew approves of the hoodie and glasses. Trick, I may too. I ask? May I ask how old you are? You you are one of those guys that looks like you could either be like 35 or 60. <laughs> well, I'm closer to 35 than 60. Thank you, Dylan. I I was giving you 35 as a compliment. I wasn't trying to be like, you know, it was a genuine it was a genuine question. I, I don't know what bearing my age has on uh this upcoming matchup between the Cornfield Sailors and the Maryland Terrapins, but uh 47. Ooh, okay. You look good. I'm just, you know, trying to give compliments. Oh, yourselves as cornfield sailors i just found that in doing my research so i could you know jab at you guys every now and then because it's such a silly name but do you all have like memorabilia or throwback unis or anything that you wear with uh cornfield sailors on it no but we may that's not a bad idea it sounds <laughs> no. like a really good minor league baseball team i, I mean, mean you it, are they a... used to refer to your athletic teams as the cornfield sailors that's not something i made up oh yeah that's no, uh, that that's one. that's news to me uh that's i mean it, it makes sense though i mean purdue is literally surrounded by like 50 miles of cornfield yeah. minimum in each direction so that makes sense no I, I did a deep dive so i could really uh you know grind your guys's gears and cornfield uh, sailors is catchy yeah, i don't know about you frank but i think it's pretty catchy. i just I just remember uh, when you guys mentioned the um, the space shuttle for the first time and, and the, the guys on the moon, just the day before I had been looking up stuff about your school and I wrote the joke about, you know, 20 guys on the moon or whatever and you couldn't get Gene Katie to the top of a ladder 
I actually wrote that in my head the day before, and it was a Sunday morning, and I'm out cutting my grass, and I see the the ding on the phone, and I I got mad, and I'm sitting there in the middle of my yard, furiously firing back at you from a <laughs> deer riding mower with my cool comeback about not being able to get Gene Katie to the top of a ladder. Oh man, I, I was so proud of that one. That is a good one. I'll give you that. And the fact but, you have research behind your jabs, I, I respect that. Well, no, that's it, what it's a real thing. I'm looking at it here, Dylan. That's in, in the 1890s when Purdue beat Wabash College, and they were trying to think of their official mascot name. One of the ones that was being considered was Cornfield Sailors, <laughs> uh, as well as Rail Splitters. So, yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, but the Burley Boilermakers was the one, it was actually an insult uh that they uh took yeah so i i had to google that because that's uh someone needs we, to put that we need to we need to get a hold of martin vintage uh and make sure that they they finally put that on a shirt because oh yeah shout out to our sponsor martin vintage use code bxp at checkout for 10 percent off all of your throwback gear we got cbb analytics which uh, is a sponsor of frank's big brain uh go to cbbanalytics.com for all your statistical needs nailed it and then, of course, Cincy Blitzboard, one of the best board games on the market, perfect for tailgates and such. Uh, I got a couple made from them for Christmas gifts for the fam. They loved them. Uh, so shout out to our sponsors. We appreciate you all, as always. Hey, I want to address this comment here from Cody, just saying that some Maryland turtle soup sounds pretty good right now. Yes, well, uh, no, that's, that's awesome. And shout out to Cody. Because right before uh, DK uh, started paying the bills there with the uh, the sponsor shout outs, I was going to tell you that that is the reason why Maryland's athletic program is the Terrapins. Because way back when, that part of Maryland was world-renowned mm. for their Terrapin soup. And... Yeah, from like the late 1800s or something, it was like a, a world-renowned delicacy was this Maryland terrapin, diamondback terrapin soup. And uh, that's why they are the Terps. Well, you know, because, if I ever visit Maryland, I'll call you and we'll go out and we'll get some terrapin soup. I've never, I would never. I'm not going to, I'm not going to boil and eat a turtle. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> part of myself now. No way. No, I can never do it. But, uh, no, I'm, look, I'm going to have to make a road trip. Uh, the guys from uh, Nebraska still owe me a Runza. They said next time I'm there, they're going to treat me to a Runza. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's yeah. one of the – according to the research I did, it's as Nebraskan as Husker football. Really? It, yeah, it's some kind of hot pocket looking thing. But uh, they lost a bet to me. And they were supposed to mail me some Runza, but it became a shipping issue and a cost mm. issue. Uh, still awaiting their package uh, that they're supposed to send me in place of the Runza. Um, well, if they but, just send uh, you a bunch of Hot Pockets. Well, what is it with uh, other schools not honoring their bets? There is one guy, uh, AC, I think is uh, Alec Carruther or something from uh, Rutgers. He Venmoed me five bucks. That is the only person that has honored a bet this season. We're still waiting on uh, uh, Michigan State. They were supposed to send us some Fago. We didn't get that. Um, you, yeah. you actually want Fago? It's it's not good. Oh, uh, just they what? sell Dollar Tree in our town. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> not that big a deal. It's the fact that we want them to send it to us so we can put it on the shelf. Uh I've sent stuff out. I've, I've mailed uh, beer and chips and cookies and Old Bay seasoning to uh, we've lost to. But uh, well, would you, uh, would you, you like to make a beer? friendly oh, bet here? I, I guess, well, I do want to make a wager, but I guess I should uh, answer Frank's question uh, 20 minutes later. My prediction on the ball game tomorrow. Oh, of course. I just said that, you know, juju, flu game, all that, but never got to an actual score. I'm saying it's going to be 63-49 Maryland victorious 20th straight win 
on our home court. And I'm sorry. It probably won't really affect your number one ranking because everybody seems to love your school for some reason. Um, I mean, you beat Arizona, you know, big deal. They, they lost again. They're nobodies. Um, I jest. But uh, no, that's what I'm calling it. 63-49. And do we have a, a, a possible wager, Dylan? I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to think. Uh, is there, um, I don't know. You got any what, ideas? Essentially, West L. Like, what is the most West L thing in the world aside corn. from corn and and being overly sensitive? I could yeah, send you corn. a stock of corn. Yeah, corn, corn. I mean, yeah, everyone has corn. I'm trying to think, Dylan. Like, I was going to say, I, I don't know why you guys think you're special. We grow corn here too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, astronauts. We can't really ship you one of those. No, um, that'd be expensive. Yeah. Cancel this program anyway. I mean, I don't know why you guys are still like riding on that, dude. Like, I don't remember the last time a shuttle went up. It's been a long time, but it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely something we're proud of. Dylan, what's a what's a what's a, a staple? I mean, I, there, there's a lot of restaurants we couldn't like ship you a burger. I wouldn't it wouldn't go over very well. Um, triple X root beer. Ooh, that's actually a pretty good good idea. We triple could get X your root triple root X root beer. So West Lafayette, they have a family-friendly diner called Triple X. Um, it's been around for like a hundred years now, uh, and they make and bottle their own root beer. So we can, uh, uh, if Purdue does lose, we'll, uh, we'll 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 get you some some Triple X root beer. You can display it in your home, however you'd like, or you can drink all of it. And yeah, but uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, we could send you a pack of root beer. All right. Do you uh, do you gentlemen? Uh, are you both old enough? for me to send you an alcoholic beverage yes sir yes even though i look so youthful yes so uh i will send a natty bow national bohemian that is the official maryland beer and it's disgusting really is it a uh, is it a bohemian style beer i mean because i i've been to bohemia and drank the beer and it's fantastic so i from someone that's never been to Bohemia, uh, only listened to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, that's as close as I got. But um, I've had cheap beer before, and this stuff used to be the cheapest beer until everybody got all proud of it, and now they drink it just to prove they're from Maryland and they're cool, but it's just not good. But I'll, I'll let you be the judge. Now, I just want to send you one so you can tell me if it's as, as good as in bohemia or yeah, if it's no, just i would uh, i'd be really excited to try what? some and, and frank uh, is our world traveler the guy travels like a son of a gun interesting here purdue wins tricky gets a one podcast suspension terps win chris is suspended one game yeah <laughs> i don't know it's a yeah, both both uh both members are so critical to their respective podcasts i don't think that'd be fair you know it'd be be compromising the quality of what we put out we don't want that to do that. true Jordan, is that is that you behind the turtle heads? It's good to see it, pal. Feels behind the behind the comments. Feels. Oh, Jordan that is. probably is Jordan. Uh, I would think so. Uh, but um, no, you guys could stand to lose a, a one guy for one show. What's it like a dozen of you all anyway? Half a dozen, thank you. We're just a little mom and pop operation. It's just. <laughs> uh, but Jordan is is a. Uh, he he's he's a guy that, that that he's the scorer of the uh podcast he's prolific he just uh created his third future podcaster he's got three little boys now and uh hey way to go jordan congratulations big dog yes, they have to, he told me this past week they've had to lock the studio <laughs> because the kids keep getting in there and in podcast i've seen video of his oldest pretending to be him and then pointing to his little brother, who was at the time in a diaper and couldn't speak, and pretending that the other kid was me. He was like, you're tricky. <laughs> I love it. Now, did he name any of his kids after you? Oh, no. No, no, no. He wanted to be productive members of society and have a future. <laughs> um, plus, I mean, turtle head trick. What kind of name is that for a kid? He's going to get teased. Little, little trick, just call him little trick. I imagine, not- I imagine if he got teased, Uncle Trick would show up and set whoever was bullying <laughs> him straight. Like, oh like, hey, no, no I, I have no children, but uh, and and my 
my sister's kids don't call me tricky, but uh, they do have <laughs> they do have the coolest uncle and and always the one that at least tells them he'll show up to school and beat everybody up if they don't, you, you know. Yeah, you do give off cool uncle vibes. I also no, no, am completely. my niece's favorite uncle, so. Well, yeah, let's uh let's talk let's let's talk the, uh, the expansion of the Big Ten trick. I know you wanted to wanted to touch on that, the expansion of the Big Ten, and and when everything first started, I immediately thought this is a terrible gig for Maryland and Rutgers, especially. I mean, it sucks for everybody, but um, I know I know something you want to talk about. But what do you, what what are your thoughts on you know bringing bringing four West Coast schools? into the big 10 right now and going forward and, and how that works logistically and, and what that's going to do for the conference, especially this time of year. I think it's really going to affect basketball uh, more than anything else. Well, it affects way too many things. Now on a personal level, it's going to affect me because if we're playing USC and I've got to stay up for a game that doesn't start until 1230 at night and I'm on the Eastern standard time trying to watch a ball game, you know, that's going to stink. Um, the NCAA is such a mess right now that, you know, with the transfer portal, I, I hate even having to bring it up. But the fact these guys just go every every other year, they're on a different team. Uh, not only do I love firing coaches, but I like benching quarterbacks too. And I've been on Talia uh, Tonga Taya Valova for two seasons or more now. Because he drives me nuts, um, but he just finished his fifth year at Maryland and didn't play in the bowl game because he's looking for a sixth year of eligibility somewhere else. We looked just fine without him in that bowl game against Auburn. Uh, but um, now I worry about not only just the football and the basketball, but the other programs as well. It's not fair. It's not fair to the chess club chess team or the wrestling team or the lacrosse team soccer team news it's not fair to them um plus how do you even recruit i mean you normally want to recruit your natural area and get the local talent but i i just it, it's for one it's one too it's way too many teams you don't need to have a 25 team conference not it's that many, but still, the Big Ten is bigger than ten already. Like, it's going to be the Big Twenty before you know it. And and where does it stop? And how are we going to be able to compete? I mean, right now, Maryland got what eight wins on the season. We're pretty tickled about it. Third bowl win in a row, first time in program history. Um, but is that going to mean a hill of beans when we're getting our head kicked in by? Uh, Washington and Oregon and I mean you guys have pointed out how poor our school is on more than one occasion I think so money wise how are we going to compete with uh deep pocketed schools like uh USC for instance and yeah, what about you that's a, that's a that that's yeah that's a that's a really good question and, and uh that's something that's been you know come up that's come up a lot in the Purdue fan base recently is is um NIL and uh, perhaps a lack of funding uh, there, you know, that as it pertains to that. But, you know, I think that, um, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan, honestly, when uh, Rutgers and Maryland came in just for geographic reasons only nothing against the schools, but you know, it seemed like, you know, the big 10 historically was Midwest. It was Midwest. You know, you had, you had Penn state on, uh, you know, on, on the Eastern edge and then like Nebraska on the Western edge and, and, you know, didn't go any further than that. It's like, okay, now we're going to the East coast. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. And one year they had the big 10 basketball tournament uh, in DC. I think it was, uh, and I think it was the lowest attended event when they used to just kind of oscillate it between Chicago and, and Indianapolis. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that I've heard them talk about doing this in, in Vegas, but you know, the one thing I know is I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this, uh, you know, and, and that, there, there's schedule disparity is already a problem and in, in both football and basketball, and it's going to be even worse now. It's like, okay, do you, you know, well, Purdue, let's just say hypothetically next season, Purdue has to go and play USC, you know, come back home, play, play Indiana, and then go back. And now, now we have to play Oregon on the road. I mean, that's, that's, it's going to be so hard to compare strength of schedule uh, in conference. And that's already a problem now. 
And I just don't see how, you know, adding more teams is going to going to make that any better. Um, and, you, and you're right, you know, recruiting, we don't see everything that coaches do. And if they're not coaching or doing something with their own team, they're trying to build their program out for the future. I mean, they, these guys are constantly traveling and getting on planes and, and driving and going to watch guys play. And if you're expanding the geographic territory that you're trying to recruit in, you know, that's going to be really tough. But one thing that I guess the one like bright light that I see, especially around Big Ten basketball, is the introduction of a different style of play in the Big Ten. Because I know that's been a big area of criticism is that the Big Ten, you know, you have to have the kind of old school way of playing basketball. You have to have a team that plays that style of basketball to win in the Big Ten, but it doesn't translate to the tournament. I don't necessarily believe that, but I do think we're going to introduce some diversity in, into, you know, the way that the Big Ten plays, and that's only going to help the conference. Um, but, I, you know, logistically, I just I have no idea how all this is going to work. And I know Matt Painter spoke out about, you know, did like, no one even really sit and think about this or, you know, are we just making decisions without considering the players here or the coaches or the people actually playing? But I'm uh, I'm, I'm personally not a fan. and I just don't know. I'm with you. I, you know, I don't love uh, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock tip offs. Uh, I will definitely stay up for them uh, if they happen, but uh, I'll hate it the next day. But Dylan, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. That's one thing I was thinking about is those late starts from on the West Coast and I don't know. It it doesn't make much sense. I think it's mostly just for revenue and money. They think the conferences. Um, I think it's a money uh, grab or not a grab, but like money inspired moves is really all it's about. And then, like Trick said, you think about the volleyballs and the golfs and the sports that you know you know a lot of people don't think about and, and how it affects them. And it's just it's going to be weird, especially for you guys in Maryland. I mean, you're literally going to the other end of the dang country just you know it, it just you got the parents of the athletes yeah you know want to go watch their kid play and you know they're not going to be able to go all the way across the country and, and watch them play in uh oregon or, or washington somewhere um but it's been brought up uh on our podcast um so you've already heard it because you're an avid listener um but um possibly just having football as its own entity and then having all the other sports in a select conference, whether it's still called the big 10 or not. Um, just having football as its own product, mm. uh, unrelated to the conference. I mean, uh, Notre Dame seems to be independent in football, but then ACC in basketball. So it doesn't seem like there's any real rules about that. Yeah, definitely seems like rules from the NCAA at this point are more just suggestions than anything else. Uh, it seems like elig eligibility is a choice. It's like, hey, do you want to continue to be eligible? All right, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll keep you eligible. Like, I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand how many times you can transfer. Honestly, I don't understand the circumstances under which you can and can't enter the transfer portal anymore. Yeah, it just seems like rules are more guidelines, rough, poorly followed guidelines, and it's like and the Wild West anymore. Yeah. And, uh mentioned the nil do you really have that deep of pockets on your end i mean i i know you guys are are known for your uh contributions to the space program but i in doing research for this podcast looked up the cost of a spacesuit brand new they run between four and fifteen million dollars for one astronaut spacesuit so how can you afford to pay your third string uh, offensive tackle when, you know, we got to buy spacesuits? So, no, but honestly, I just want to throw that in there. Just a little. Well, then you try and fit, you try and fit Edie in one of those, in one of those spacesuits. It's going to be a, you gotta, you oh, wow. a custom one for him. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to do that. Um, no, I, I showed a picture of him to my mother uh, at uh, Christmas. And even she made a face and I was telling her about how I was looking forward to this uh, podcast and how we bust each other's chops and about the space program. And uh, she said, well, maybe that's where they got him. So she's <laughs> shout out to mama trick. Yeah, yeah. I agree. yeah. That's a good one. I see where you get your wittiness. Yes, no trick. There's been, there's been, uh, you know, our, our coach is basically 
uh, in in a not really roundabout way, in a pretty direct way, said some things like, "Hey, you know, you, you know, fans who who want good recruits and want a quality, you know, class, uh, donate donate to the NIL." I mean, it's it's not it's no longer hush hush, kind of like it used to be in our previous uh, coaching regime. So I I I honestly don't know what Purdue's NIL situation is like. Um, I've heard talk that it's you know in the in the bottom portion of the Big Ten. Um, but I, I really, really don't know. Um, but he, he said that a lot and I just figured it was kind of, you know, just, just coached off, but that I, I admire that because I mean, that is, that is the way of recruiting now. I mean, and they asked him on his radio show, they said, you know, how often does NIL come up when you go into an in-home recruiting visit? And he said, it's, it's shocking when it doesn't. I mean, so I, I would love to be a fly on the wall and see how those conversations go. Um, because I, I don't know if it's like, if they just walk in the door and they say, "Okay, look, this is how this is how much we can pay you. You know, take it or leave it." It's almost like a job offer. I don't and I don't know how much of it is the traditional. You know, this is how we think we can use you. Let, let's let's uh, you know um, make this seem like an attractive place for you to come play. I honestly don't know how it, how modern recruiting works anymore. But um, yeah, I you honestly how, don't. Go ahead. I don't know how boosters work. I mean, in the old days, it was always the Texas oil men that just wanted to show who had the bigger wallet and so i'll i'll buy a running back for texas a&m and i'll get me a wide receiver at texas or whatever and and they would fight amongst the schools to who could buy the better player but uh today's money you know these tech billionaires don't care about sports so uh you know i mean warren buffett doesn't donate to the nebraska football team you know, I mean, he might donate to the business school or something like that. But, you know, as far as where this NIL money even comes from, I think it's, you know, it's got to be more corporate and all tied to advertising, um, I would think. Um, but it, I, I don't know how it really benefits the player because it's obvious that, as Cordell Jones once said, we ain't here to play no school. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a business. So if they're going to pay them like uh, professional athletes, you, you're talking guys making, you know, what, eight digits now? Uh, Caleb Williams, what was he making? Like 12, 14, something like that in college? I don't think he's actually Arch going. Manning, I think. Oh, well, but Arch donates it all back because he doesn't need it. I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I don't know. If, I think he knows because he's a Manning. He never has to play one game of college football. He can just sit back and chill, and they'll be like, what, we got a Manning with no miles on his arm? <laughs> it's actually a pretty ingenious uh, plan on the Manning family there. That I saw a photo of uh, the uh, was it the Sugar Bowl press conference where the starting quarterback, yours, is, doesn't have any – press around him but but old arch manning has a crowd and it's just ewers looking back at him like what do we what <laughs> like i'm the starter why aren't you guys over here it's a wild wild world it certainly is well i that's uh we're at the hour mark which is normally where we wrap up uh Drake, right. any, any any last uh omens you'd like to give uh just wanted to uh thank you for having me on where uh can we find you guys let it get plug, plug the turtle heads well, I am one-fourth of the Turtleheads. I am Turtlehead Trick. There's also Turtleheads Lee, Jordan, and Dave. Um, we try to broadcast uh, once a week. I see where Brant has given us more homework uh, for 2024, but uh, we, we all must be doing something good because uh, he said we might get uh, sponsorship soon, so that's exciting. So shout out to Brant and all his hard work with the big banner network and uh, just to all the other networks uh, keep coming after us uh, on Slack. Heck talk bad about us on your own podcast. Uh, we love having our names dropped, whether it's good or bad. And uh, who knows? You may just be up for a, a testy award this year. Ooh, so we'd be look, honored. Look forward to the testy awards. Yes, and uh, when so is that? Uh, we're not sure yet. We're, we're still coming up with categories and nominees, but uh, 
I would expect it during a time we don't have much else better to do. The uh, check out. Plus, we're kind of trying to come up with a trophy that we could actually present and Ooh. show that wouldn't be too uh, uh, not safe for work or something. Um, <laughs> people think it's something that it's not. Testudo is turtle in Latin. Yeah, these and curves. So, <laughs> the and Testudo is the name of our mascot. So yeah. if there's the SBs, this is the testes, just like the Grammys. It's short for Testudo, and we are the Turtleheads because we are all about Maryland sports. People are taking some of our names and 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 trying to say it's something dirty when it isn't. We're a bunch of innocent boys over here. Yeah, keep your but, head out uh, of the gutters, guys. Jeez, please. But uh, now, thank you for having me on, and um, you've been very nice. But I, I think the guys would be mad if I didn't just one time before the game say, Edie's ugly. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the Isaac Haas is ugly chant from Maryland student section? I just thought that was that was weird. Well, they became more verbose, did the Maryland fans. Once Duke started getting recognition for their Cameron crazies. And I think sometimes they go over the, the they do the um, rock and roll part two at the uh, at at the games, and so it's da na 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 na. Well, then they go, "You suck," and then at the end, it's "We're gonna beat the hell out of you and you and you and you." And the students think it's clever. The other turtleheads think it's cool, but as the old guy of the group, I always thought it was a little much. Uh, they would also say F Duke and it would get picked up on national TV. And I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't look too hot for the school. You know, we should be a little classier than the bunch of bums down in Durham. But, um, as you know, from, uh, my trash talk on Slack, I like to be a little more clever with my, uh, my verbal jabs. So, uh, you are very maybe- clever, very clever. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll send some uh, some ideas up the road and uh, get some more uh, clever but not hurtful chants because the last thing we want to do uh, here at the Turtleheads is hurt anyone's feelings. Yes, fully aware. Well, it's good to have you, brother. It was good to have you on the show. We had a good time, good hour there. I'm excited for uh, tomorrow night, and uh, we will see you all next Tuesday. And thanks again for uh, for coming on, Trick. Shout out to the Turtleheads. Make sure you follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever else you guys are. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. So thank you and Boiler Up.